Hi, everybody. Welcome to Yohopitzville, brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. I've been, I've been so many places in my life and time. Yeah. I've been to all kinds of places. And I, uh, one place that I've never been to, but somebody who I hold dear as a friend has lived there forever, as far as I can remember, uh, has such an interesting history and we've had such fun together over the years that I decided I should talk to him. Now, if you live in Ontario, if I mention this city or this town, you will think, oh, that's where they had a thing, a bad thing with water and, you know, people died. And um, But I'm sure that's not the way my guest sees it. My guest is somebody who I first met just out of high school. Uh, I first met him uh, after that at Yuck Yucks, where he was a co-founder of the Yuck Yucks comedy chain. Uh, and at the same time, within a, a year or two of us meeting, uh, we had this really bad idea that we should be in a band and that we should tour uh, and it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. And we had a ton of fun doing it. Uh, and we've been friends ever since all through that. Uh, so much in common. Uh, but he made a move and he decided to leave Toronto, leave a place with 180 something thousand Jewish people and move to a town where I don't know, but I think he's the only Jewish person there. So I will now introduce you to Joel Axler who I call Joey Axe, but Joel Axler is who, uh, my guest. And the town we speak of is Walkerton, Ontario. So welcome to Yohopitzville, Mr. Axler. Thanks, Raphael. Do you want Ralphie, Raphael, or, or what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to give me, I'll take. I like Ralphie because that's what we... Yes, we did, we did form and go on the road in a rock band. And oddly enough, in 1978... In 1978, we played in this town called Kincardine, which is on Lake Huron. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a nice area. And then there were a few moments after that in the 90s when I thought this is a nice area. But the move here was basically necessitated by everything that I was doing as an associate producer um, with, with comedy and with everything else, basically stopping and grinding to a halt. And a friend of mine who's uh, a real estate lawyer phoned me one day and he said, do you want to work for me part time? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I can train you to do title searching. And you go to this town called Walkerton and you live in a motel for two nights a week and you do all this paralegal work and you'll make money on the side. And I said, let me call you back. And I looked at the map and in five minutes I called him back and I said, oh, no, I'm how much work is he said there's tons of work he was doing all the resettlements of all the nuclear plant workers in uh, Chiverton and I said I'm going to move there I'll be your man on site and within a week I got a rental duplex right across the road from the registry office in Walkerton which by the way has the registry office because it's the county seat of Bruce County all right no wait that's a big thing you just said uh you know I'm puttering along doing my life uh you, you were doing i think you even went to vancouver at one point to, to do yuck yuck yeah. there, and then you come back and then you're you're sort of in you're in showbiz you know yeah. no doubt about it and some then you actually say i'll move there did you really know what you were doing like did you really think think it through or did you just think eh, what the hell i'll try i went on a scout mission in um late november of 98 and it was a wind from Minnesota. And I thought, okay, but I found, and when I talked to my friend who was, who was my client, 
that basically I would walk across the road. This, this, was the, this was the kicker. I'd walk across the street, work all day, send the files back by courier, and I'd get paid. And I didn't have to chase people at the CBC for two years. And I didn't have to go to these meetings for two years or five years with no results. And I was basically just getting paid to work. And that was the big novelty. There were no politics. There were no meetings. I was working and getting paid. That okay. was the first turn on. And the second turn on was, oh, my God, I've got this really cheap rental across the road from where I work. And, oh, my God, in the summer, I'm 25 minutes from the Lake Huron Beach. And, oh, my God, I'm all, all these all these country amenities. And I wasn't living in the middle of nowhere like people think. And I'll, I'll talk about the perception of the Jewish community. But I was living right in the middle of this of this town. Um, and, you know, basically now and in the last 20 years, there are people that live in the country towns, there are people that live on farms, and now there's all these brand new suburban subdivisions being built everywhere because of the housing shortage. And so I really enjoyed living in the country town. Yeah, so when you live in a country town like that, um, well, you know what, why don't we start with what was your Jewish identity before you did this? This was what makes it interesting. I grew up in Forest Hill. I uh, went to Forest Hill Collegiate like you did, and that's where we met. I went to Beth Sedek Hebrew School. Um, I dropped out of Hebrew school the day after my bar mitzvah, which was the 95% race. <laughs> I um, <laughs> ran away from Beth Sedek for 40 years and then kept coming back. Um, and then, I don't know, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Jewish thing wasn't an issue because when I got to Walkerton, I knew that there was the oldest country shul in Canada in Owen Sound, which was an hour away. Mm -hmm. And I started going to Yontov services in Owen Sound and I joined Beth Ezekiel there. And, um, and uh, there were, when I moved to Walkerton, there were four Jews that I knew, and now there's two. There's two. And I am proud to announce that I'm the viceroy for Rabbi Goldman, the Chabad Rabbi in Waterloo. And I purvey over my large community of one other Jew, <laughs> who's an 80 year old Holocaust survivor, wow. who's a hidden child, who was a hidden child in Holland uh, during the mid 40s. So for, for, for synagogue, you go to Owen Sound. How many Jews are there? Uh, there's about 30. There were about 30 families there, and it changed. It, it was bigger in the 1920s to the 1950s. And, um, you know, Owen Sound was a port and was a busy kind of commercial district on the Great Lakes, as you know. And, um, you know, Beth Ezekiel was founded in the early 20s, and it's the oldest country shul in existence in the, uh, in the country. What does it do for you to go there? Oh, it was wonderful because, you know, my mom passed away about uh, 20 years ago. So so basically, right after I'd moved here, I had a place to go and say Kaddish. And I had I could go to a minion. I could go to Yom Tov services. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. It was a pain to drive for an hour. But, you know, there were no other choices. Right. And then there's you and at one point, three other Jews or three other Jews. Right. Two of them left. <laughs> <laughs> One moved to Vancouver, and one uh, moved to uh, St. Catherine. Were they were they were they born and bred Walkertons or uh, no? No, Izzy Rice, who who is a wonderful guy, who's a Bathurst and Shepherd guy. He um, <clears throat> he was a child of uh, Holocaust survivors from Poland, and he moved to Vancouver about two years ago. And uh, uh, Phil Holmes, who found out his grandmother was Jewish, moved to St. Catharines. And David Siegel, who's the son of a prominent dentist from the 1970s, moved to, uh, what's that town near Algonquin Park? Um, uh, I'll think of the name of it. He moved up near Algonquin Park. Right. And, um, you know, I think there were two waves of Jews moving to Yehobotsville before me. I mean, I left in late 98. 
but there were two or three waves out of the out of the city. I think in the '70s and '80s, uh, and maybe before that. And you know, these country towns, like even Brantford, which was a city, had way bigger Jewish communities 50 years ago than they have now, mm -hmm. including Owen Sound. Yeah, and, you, um, you've you know, always you've always struck me like as like a Jewy Jew, like really a Jewish. People guy. said that. I, I, don't, <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, I no, no. I, 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 you know, there were so many things that I, when I think of Jewish, I think of you, right? Your <laughs> sense of humor, your, your, your chutzpah, your, your truth teller, you like all of it. It's all in there. Thanks. Uh, Thank you, Raphael. Thank you. No, right. I, I don't know. I mean, look at my. So I just think you, you go to Walkerton and I just think, oh my God, they must have thought, like, what is this? Like, this, is so, this guy, so what is it? What is it? Like, my father, may he rest, said, if you like it, just stay there. My mother was a little horrified. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jewish community had a very shtetl mentality in Forest Hill. And basically that's shtetl mentality thought that if you move to the country, you were a lost soul or you were a loser, hmm. period. Hmm. Or you had a reason to leave. The, the week that I moved here, I was in this diner during a blizzard and the postmistress, her name was Gail. She said, oh, Joel, hi, you just signed up for a mailbox. I said, yeah, I just moved here. She goes, can I ask you a personal question as a federal employee? I said, I mean, she's a federal, you know, postman. Yeah, yeah. I said, sure. And she sits there, slurps her coffee. He goes, are you in the witness protection program? <laughs> and I looked at her and I went, no, why would I? And she said, well, people from the city don't generally move here. Unless, they're, unless <laughs> they're in witness protection. Anyway, so the perception of the of the Toronto community was that oh you're you're an underachiever you're lost and blah, 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 you know and and then the vernacular of what someone did if you drop me honestly if you drop me out of a helicopter somewhere of people that knew Toronto Jews they go oh Joel yeah he moved to Walkerton dot 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 you know or you know Ralph uh, you're, you're a, 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 an ex broadcaster the cancer survivor I mean everybody has this little oral fixation tag from the oral tradition that right. they yenta about. Right. And I'm the guy who, like everybody that doesn't know me, just knows that I moved to Walkerton. So did it grow in your over 20 years that you've been there? Um, what would you say has been your spiritual evolution? Well, the community here kind of has this osmotic effect because people here really respect your space. It's the kind of 180 degree from the Toronto Jewish thing because people don't give you guilt for not phoning them three times a week. But if there's a hurricane or a tornado and a tree lands on your house, there's an army of people there rebuilding a house for you. It's, it's kind of Mennonite-ish in right. terms of survival because listen, the weather when I moved here, Ralph, it was so extreme. The first winter I moved here, there was like 10 feet of snow. On the, I mean, you couldn't see the tops of the telephone poles. In wow. Bruce Gray, when there's a blizzard, it's a whole different thing. And people park their cars on neighbors' lawns. And then the next morning, they come over and bring them a case of beer, a sack of potatoes, and say, okay, I'm going to come and get my car back. Thanks for letting me leave my car on your lawn because there's 10 feet of snow. Right. I mean, that whole space and acceptance and kind of low-key coexistence was a brand new thing for me. And it kind of, it kind of was part of an evolution. So the chasing of people that I had to do in Toronto to find jobs stopped. And I kind of didn't really miss the angst of the chase or the rejection or all these things that were going on. You know, my, my slogan line was, where's the grief? <laughs> 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 I, I found a small group of, of uh, like-minded individuals like Izzy and a few other people who were school teachers 
that were from away, like Izzy was a French immersion teacher from Bathurst and Shepherd, and a couple of other school teachers. And we would have music jams and get together and have potluck dinners and do all these things. And it was, they were all from away. They're, they're, you know, the locals have their thing. And if you're not here for six to eight generations, you don't fit into that period. Right, right. And there were only four or five founding families here. And if you're not from eight generations of them, you, you don't really, but there's no rejection. You don't get rejected. Everybody's very welcoming and very friendly, you know? So yeah. that's a whole other thing too. Yeah, but do you feel like you belong in Walkerton these days I, after all I think this? Number no? one, because I'm, I hate to say this, number one, because I'm white, yes. Uh, there was no experience whatsoever of anti-Semitism at all because they'd never see Jews here. They didn't. They didn't have an opinion. This area was settled by Alsatian and Irish and German people from 150, 200 years ago. So they don't. They don't have that. You know, there's none of this nonsense of. Uh, of anti-whatever. Yeah. Were they curious about what, like, I remember I went to the University of Alberta in the mid-70s, yeah. and uh, I was at the university campus, and I'm walking around, and somebody, uh, it comes up that I'm Jewish, because as yeah. my wife says, I have compulsive disclosure disorder when it comes to being <laughs> Jewish. I just tell people, and she's, do you have to tell everybody? Why do you have to tell everybody? Is it that that's important? A Jewish, that's a Jewish thing. Right. So, but to a lot of them, it was like, I've never actually met a Jewish person. So you kind of, is there a responsibility to, okay, now I'm representing? Or did you just think, whatever? Like, what did you, what kind of conversations did you have around? Well, since I grew up conservative in, in Forest Hill, I didn't wear yarmulke in public. I mean, there, there was no visible Jewness uh, of me. Right. And so, so people just saw me as a kind of a fun guy who liked cars a lot. And, and you know, I, I eventually got a community radio job 15 years ago and I do a com community show and I do a I do a cable interview show for the last three or four years. And they just see me as a guy that that likes media, you know. Right. And uh, no, there was there was none of this racial thing. If I had been a different skin color, maybe there would have been because they don't really see too many people of, of color here. Right. But I mean, in farm country, you know, there's basically five people per square kilometer. I mean, there's not that many people. And right. the town, which is the seat of Bruce County, since it's all farm country, the economy of the town, besides a few boutiques, is kind of a farm town, you know. Don't you miss some things, though, like really good pickles and smoked meat and whatever? Like, you yeah, know. I got I got a, as they say in French, a pied de terre seven and a half years ago in, in East York. But um, I found out the pickles are right in your neighborhood, thanks to uh, Marty Strub. Right. His, his barrel edition pickles are incredible. That's in Hamilton. Yeah. And um, uh, the German Alsatian people eat cabbage rolls a lot. Right. And they eat uh, smoked meat occasionally and pickled beef and things. So it's close. It's close. But no bagel. It's, no, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kosher style. <laughs> I remember when Tim Hortons came out with bagels with raisins and cinnamon. And I'm like, what is that? Candy? Yeah. I want a bagel. I don't want candy. Yeah. And you yeah. see the faces on the nice girls at Tim Hortons when you say put a schmear on that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see the look on their faces. It's it's um it's a very survival oriented culture in farm country, and it's different, you know. Right. And there's no yentaing. The yentaing thing is is doesn't really exist unless someone has a real problem. Then they only talk about it so they can actually help them. Mm -hmm. so you it's, love it's this different. part. This, you've come back to this a few times. Just this idea that uh, people have your back. Yes, that's and a good it, way to put it, it. And in Toronto, it sounds like it's too big and anonymous and people don't need to have your back. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yep. 
So um, the gender roles are different too. I found um, oh, yeah. the in, in you know in in how do I put this without offending everybody? The women and men have different power roles. The the men run the house, not the woman. But the woman the women kind of run the society, and they would never do this. Oh, Sylvia just moved to the neighborhood. We're coming over with coffee cake. That would never happen. Right. There's a, there's this laissez-faire. They they're very kind. Of, they would be perceived as standoffish, but they're not. They're just they're kind of just respectful of space. I don't know. Bruce Gray has a lot of Mennonite uh, community too. Yeah, there's right? there's that closer to Kitchener mostly, but yes, there's some up here. Yeah, I mean, I've been going to Kincardin a bit lately because some friends of ours uh, got a place there, and uh, as you drive through some of the towns on the way up there, I remember I drove by a Mennonite church on a Sunday on the way. Uh, back to uh, to Hamilton and uh, yeah. uh, the parking lot was hilarious because it was about 40 carriages with carriages, horses. Yeah, and horses. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's that orthodoxy in that, which is really interesting. You, yeah, go ahead. But I just wonder about, um, do you, as the years go by, do you feel, I don't know if the right words are less Jewish uh, and more just, uh, you know, a, a human on the planet who happens to live in Walkerton? Or did you well, feel more Jewish because you thought, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm all I've got here except for this one other guy, you know? When, when I was, when I was here in my small group in the first 10 years, a couple of like Izzy and a couple of other friends and a couple of Christian friends, two of whom suddenly Jewish and one converted, we would have the odd study group. And, and the study group, it was called the Sons of Tevia. <laughs> and we would have a study group. And, and the Christians that converted or that were suddenly Jewish wanted to know more. And the Jews wanted to study more. And so we had a group of about seven or eight people um, and, you know, and did that. Would I have done that in Toronto? No way. Right. You didn't no need way. to. No, he wouldn't need to. Right. I wouldn't mean, need to. It's the like, Habad it, rabbi, my buddy Goldman, came up here about three summers ago before COVID and led a study group here. He came up from Waterloo because his family was away at upstate New York Jewish camp somewhere. And he, he had the weekend off and he came up here huh. and he led a study group. And uh, that was cool. Yeah. Um, the, um, the Jewishness thing, of course, I've changed from being up here. Of course, the answer is yes. The answer mm. is yes. How? The, the, um, the identity uh, question isn't weaker, but there's more of a sincere thing. And there's another thing that I try and explain to my non-Jewish friends up here that they look at me really funny. They have, and I kind of envy this, now, they have four holidays maximum per year. Mm -hmm. They have Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, and maybe a fourth thing, and that's it. And the services in the churches are 40 minutes max. When I talk to them about 38 to 45 things a year that I have to be at in <laughs> Toronto and four and a half hour services, they look at me like, wow. <laughs> they, they look, you see, the lack of obligation thing was an attraction. And that's why I guess I'm being judged harshly. harshly. The obligation thing reduced from 100 to about 10. What do you mean you're judged harshly? Well, when you're not part of a community and you leave yeah. and, you know, there's there's Talmudic uh, treatises against being in a community where there's no rabbi immediately. There's no kosher butcher immediately. There's none of this, you know, community. There's no critical mass for a community. I mean, you know, there's it's considered to be a hobbitsville. It's considered to be you're yeah. out there and you're not part of a community, but the community bonds here are very strong. The obligation curve is much more reduced here. And I liked that. I mean, I yeah. can't listen. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like that. Right, right. Well, <laughs> it was a reduced obligation, not having to go to, you know, 38 things a year or be present at 38 or dozens of things per year in terms of holidays and services and relatives and, and relatives' birthdays and, and, and all of these things that were part of city life. Yeah, um, so you don't have to walk into the general store in Walkerton and go, it's Shmini at Sarah. <laughs> like yeah i forgot i always forget that one yeah no that doesn't happen well yeah i oh, know it's, um... so so if you had to give advice so you know uh jewish people sometimes they move out of the big centers you know toronto montreal even vancouver or winnipeg but they move out of those uh and they some of them really do want to live in small towns and i just had somebody recently say to me well we were looking but uh, there's no Jewish life there at all. So I yeah, just yeah. thought, and, and some of it is about, you, you know, you didn't have kids. Some of it is about right. when they have kids, they want Absolutely. them to know. So, yeah, it's different when they have families. Absolutely. Yeah. But so if you had advice, though, for somebody who was thinking, I, I'd really love to live the country life, all the things you just talked about, all the good things about it. Yeah. Uh, but... I'm afraid I will disappear as a Jew. What would you say to them? Well, the adaptation process, Ralph, in the country is, is I'll, I'll share this. You can't yentif, you can't kvetch, you can't, you know, when someone, at, the first three to five years in a small country town or in farm country, you got to be Mr. Positive. Hi, Joel, how you doing? Oh, fine, Bob, great. You, you can't say, oi, my back, oi, you know what's going on. You can't oi, vey, anything. Unless, until they know you. Yeah. Okay, so the first three to five years, there's no yenta thing, there's no oy veying, there's no kvetching. You can't, and if you do yeah. it, they'll just, they'll just, you know, not, they'll just, you they know, alienate. They don't want to know. You know, they've they've got, you know, cousins with cancer. They've got roofs falling off. They've got someone that hit by lightning. They have got things going on. They don't want to hear kvetching. No, they don't want to hear my hip. It's my yeah, hip. They don't. <laughs> I've got a pointer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got a you know, after, after, of a tennis ball. I'm it's killing me. You know. After the water crisis, I wrote a comment page for the Globe and Mail because I was, you know, I said, oh, I, I moved to the country to, for a cleaner environment. <laughs> and I wrote this <laughs> ironic article in the Globe about, you know, what happened here in yeah. terms of how they didn't pay attention to the signs of what was going on. Yeah, the, for people who don't know, the water sanitation issue was about the, the ability to monitor the water quality. Correct. Uh, there were cuts in services uh, from the uh, Harris government at the time, and it resulted in the deaths of, was it eight or nine? Nine seven people, people and 2,500 2, sick, including me. But there were two good old boys that were related to someone yeah, that right. had the water supervision job. And that's the other thing. You know, when you see like that Scorsese movie about Vegas, when they go, you know, you're just a guest here in <laughs> Vegas. That's really, really true. Yeah. And those two boys that were the instigators of hiding the data of the water being poisoned. Luckily, I was out of town that weekend, but I got sick because when I came home, I was drinking the water. Right. Um, and the water smelled bad, but I put lemon juice in it. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know until I turned the TV on. So um, after I wrote that comment page, some of the locals said, well, I hope that article's positive, Joel. I went, well, yeah, it's not really that positive because like people are dead. 2,000 people are sick. And, you know, yeah. so they have this thing about everybody being positive, which is, you know, great. But, you know, if you're in a yeah, new age... I, look, I, I've known you for a long time. It, yeah. it, it, like like me, it's not your strong suit to walk around. <laughs> I'm good. Everything's great. You want to tell somebody goes, how is it going? Well, if you, OK, you want to know how it's going? This is how it's going. 
right? It, so made, me, it made me more positive by necessity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they can't that. handle it. They can't handle it the fetching. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. Which yeah, is good. Well, as the blood comes from your lip as you're biting it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. But it, it does rewire you to an extent, right? Because yeah. you're talking about communal values, about people having your back, about being more positive, yeah. about belonging and not and knowing yet that you don't truly belong in the same way they do, but they still are your friends and it's all good. So there's a lot of positives. And yeah. if you if you want to find uh, Jewish stuff, you, you have to go look. You have to go drive That's an right. hour or you have to come into Toronto and be in that environment. But it, it, you're still you, right? That's right. And as soon as I'd moved here, unlike in Forest Hill, my, my friend Izzy, who was my age, um, was the son of Holocaust survivors. My friend Phil, who's 80, was a hidden child in Holland. Um, so, I, you know, I learned from these friends about that stuff, which in, in Toronto, I wouldn't have been exposed to it that much. Yeah, and, or, may, or, or maybe you didn't you, you didn't need to to focus on it, and there these were your 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 Jewish peers, right? That's right. Yeah, and and you know, and then I discovered this incredible Holocaust Museum library in a suburb of Detroit, which is only two and a half hours away from here. That is way beyond anything in Toronto, like way beyond. It was built in the hmm. '70s. It's mammoth, like it's just huge, incredible facility. And I, you know, it's it just yeah. So so, so Jewish, I, I, so being Jewish still matters to you. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I guess it's changed. You know, I think because I didn't have the pressure and the obligation to do it, I found my own sense of what I wanted to do and my own obligation, which is more natural. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, listen, um, I, I've got to, uh, the problem is when I go to King, by the way, King Carden, yeah. where, where you and I played at the Sutton Inn. Oh, I have bad news about the Sutton Park I, I, I've seen it. The yeah. Sutton Inn, what's really weird back. is the whole back end of that place is just yeah, but the, yeah. burnt to the ground. But the basement where we played with a roof just there. about two inches above our head where the guy kept telling us to turn it down, it's yeah. still there. Oh, it's, it's spiked. still there. It's there on the a room, spike. The rooms that we stayed in are burnt to the ground. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And I was going to send you a photo, so you found out. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I was up there a little while ago, and it was like, wow, okay, it's burnt down. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. don't think there's any Jewish life in King Carden, but there might be. I mean, there might there might be a plant, right? there might be a couple. I mean, yeah, there might be a couple. You know, the um, the other good thing that I would say to people that wanted to move out to the country, there's there's a couple of advantages that that people don't realize. The service businesses are incredibly respectful and incredibly efficient because they know if they try and if they try and do a bad job on your sink or your toilet or your car or whatever they know you're going to mouth off to everybody and in right. 2 days their their name will be mud so right. they really work better and they don't they don't try to screw anybody like they would in the city they don't so, try to do a half assed job of anything you know so really that's about the, the, once uh, you can't be anonymous you have to be accountable right? absolutely yeah yeah that's a good way to put it all right, Mr. Axler, I truly appreciate <laughs> your time. Yussel. <laughs> Yussel Viceroy. <laughs> For a bud. <laughs> For one other Jew. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and uh, take care of yourself. And uh, it, it's wonderful to just spend a little time with you. I really I know. That. Happy, Ralphie, happy new year and easy fast and all that stuff. And, you know, may your day of atonement yes. be um, <laughs> fully realized. I'm yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. You take care, tough. my friend. You take care too. 
All right, folks, that's your Hope It's Phil, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at peartreecanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph Benmergi. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Our music is by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel with us across this great country, visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host another podcast called Not That Kind of Rabbi. I also have a book coming out uh, now. It's called I Thought He Was Dead. It's available on pre-order in September and after that on the bookshelves and online. You can order it as well. I Thought He Was Dead. And if you want to hear more Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website, cjn.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Yehobitsville.